All right, if you turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40, and verse 27 through 31, I'm going to read. It's going to be our main text. But I won't get there until the very third point, so I'll make sure that my first and second point are a little bit uh, shorter. But the three points, well, I'll read to you in the Scripture. I'm going to tell you why I'm reading. We're getting away from Corinthians just for a week. I'll explain that just for a minute. But let's read together first, and then we'll pray again. It says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired, They will walk and not become weary. Let's pray together. Father, we cry out to you this morning. And we ask you for strength. We ask you, Lord, that wherever we are at, whatever season of the soul that we find ourselves in, we need you badly. And so I pray today that you would use your word to comfort us but also strengthen us. And Father, I know this for a fact, there is not one person in this sanctuary that has trust down to the T. Lord, You are always calling us to a place of trusting in You no matter how we feel, no matter what battle we're facing, no matter what we're going through, Lord, You are calling us to a deeper and a more abundant, abiding in you, Christ. So we pray for the big T today, that you would rise up within us our trust strength. Father, we desperately need you and we cry out to you. And as we've already said, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand, that we may turn to you and gaze upon who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's why we're going away from 1 Corinthians just for the moment. Uh, I knew, and so I'm just going to give you a little bit of my humanness today. I knew that after I preached last week's sermon, that I was going to get tons of flack. I knew it. Uh Uh-huh. Help us, Lord. Now listen, before I say anything, it's not flack from you guys. Okay, I didn't get any emails and didn't get any phone calls saying, why did you preach that? I knew in the spiritual realm that I was going to get flack. And so this week, I'm like, I'm not going to get flack. Get away. No, I'm just kidding. But I thought, you know what? We need a little bit of a reprieve. And so Isaiah 40 starts out like this, and we'll just see where today goes. It says, Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem. 
and call out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity has been removed, and that she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And one of the things that we do here, we preach against sin hard. Why is that? Because it's necessary. Because right now there's a lack of of really preaching a holiness, preaching that. But at the same time, we have to realize that God is wanting to redeem us, is wanting to heal us, is wanting to call us from that place of sin and darkness to be free. So I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And it was interesting because somebody emailed me and said, I'm praying for you because of your lack of sleep. And I read it and I said, wait, I'm not lacking sleep. But then the next consecutive nights, I'm lacking sleep. (laughs) I'm like, wait. So I want to be honest with us this morning. And this scripture has been on my heart. And I don't know why. It's just times... You get words from the Lord and you look at it. You don't really internalize it, but you're looking at it. You know God has spoken something through it. So I want to share with you, maybe it's for myself today, but I pray that if it is, it will encourage you along the way. Because all of us hear the Lord at certain times, don't we? And I'll see how long I really can stay here on this thing. But we all see, and my first point this morning is, I see and hear you, Lord. The second point is going to be almost like it, where are you now, Lord? And then the third is, I have decided to trust you, Lord. You see, I don't know about you, but throughout my life, throughout my Christian life, I have heard the Lord loud and clear. It wasn't an audible voice that says, go do this or go do that. It was an internal voice that said, this is what I've called you to do. Now go do it. I'm like, okay, Lord, I see you and I hear you. I've seen your glory. I've tasted of you. And you're calling me to do something that is beyond myself. You see, you guys don't know this, and you may look at me like, well, he's the guy up there that really screams, and and he seems to be an extrovert, but I'm a shy guy. I grew up like this, where I didn't talk to people, I, I didn't, I just avoided conversations. Many of you know I've got an identical twin. He was my spokesperson. Now, my mom still is today, is so surprised that I've taken the gospel to other nations because of how quiet and shy I am. But I can tell you this, when God gets a hold of your life, you are no longer in control, so to speak. You will do what He has bid you to do. And I'm going to say this to you real quick is you come to this point and some of you know what I'm talking about this morning. I will refrain from cussing, but it says, darned if you do and darned if you don't. Have you ever been there? You're in the midst of something and you're like, wait, I feel like I want to quit this. But you know if you quit, like it's going to be utter, I don't know what to say, it's not going to be fun. 
And I want to look at through the lens of Scripture today to what we do when we see and we hear from the Lord. You see, we have testament in the Bible, right? That's where Hebrews chapter 11 comes from, from the stories of faith. So let's start out with Abram this morning. And later his name's going to become Abraham, but if you go to Genesis 12 with me. I'm going to read the highlight of hearing the voice of God first. And then I'm going to lead you to the downside of hearing the voice of God. But Genesis 12 says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, and go from your relatives and from your father's house. To the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haram. Can you imagine this? We've all heard this story, right? This is where we launch you into the mission field. Okay? But can you imagine God showing up when you least expect it, And he says, go to a country that I am going to show you. Let me go here real quick. And I told Kyra, she's doing slides this morning, so if you have any complaints, go to Kyra. Just remember, she's young. I said, you may not have all the scriptures up there, and that's okay. Because there's a few things that I'm going to bring. It's Hebrews chapter 11. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Now this is very counterintuitive to today's society. You have to have a plan, a five-year plan. You have to have a vision, and that vision better work. But can you imagine if God spoke to you today and said, go to a land, and you don't know where that land is? Would you do it? And you might say today, yeah, because I heard God's voice. I mean, come on, that's Abram. But did you know that you're a descendant of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ according to the Scripture? And that you are blessed to be a blessing? You're not blessed to be a hoarder. You're blessed to give. And I remember... Again, this is probably therapeutic for me, so may the Lord... And I'm trusting Him today is I remember being called to the mission field. 
Well, where's that, Lord? Okay, I love China. Okay, me and Alyssa, we thought we're going to go to China. That's where, that's where it's at. And then I get a phone call. I say, why don't you pray about going to Turkey? And I'm like, well, I don't want to go back to Turkey. I've already been there. The church isn't growing, so why would I go there? And then the Lord begins to speak to our heart and say, go. Well, Lord, I don't have any money. We'll go. And so we went. Eight years in, things are going well. Well, so to speak, like the grass is always greener on the other side. But while I was in Turkey, man, it was tough. But now it's glorious. Isn't it all about perspective? So some of you think your life is really rough right now. But if you were to trade it in, and I'm not going to take too much time on point one, but here we go. But if you were to trade it in and come back and look back at this very season, you would look at it as you are blessed. But you don't feel that right now, and I understand. I understand. But I remember God speaking to us, and I would pray, and I, I was like, is that you, Lord? You want us to leave the mission field? And so I went and like a good man submitted to my wife and said, Honey, I didn't submit to her. I submitted the word to her. We are submitted to one another. And I tell you this much, guys. I don't do anything outside of the counsel of my wife. It's just not the way we're called to do. But I remember going to her and saying, I think it's time for us to leave. And she says, you know what? I'm not feeling that. Okay. In prayer, deep prayer again. and Feeling, okay, it's time to leave. I felt a peace. Like God has something more for me. So I felt this peace. Went back to my wife and said, honey, I feel it again. What am I supposed to do with this? And she said, I don't feel it. Third time I went to her feeling this deep sense of God's presence, saying, honey, I think it's time. And she said, yeah, it's time. We submitted it to our leadership, and they all said, yeah, it's time. And we didn't realize this, but I kind of was like in the abyss in Louisville, Kentucky for two years, not knowing what the future had, not knowing, although Louisville was really an awesome place, very comfortable, but I remember thinking to myself, Lord, this is the first time in our lives that we don't know where we are going. We don't know the future. I have no vision, no plan. And then he began to speak to me and says, is Jesus enough? You get the brevity, the deepness of it, is Jesus enough? Let me say this again. Is Jesus enough? I guess so, because he brought me here.
Let's look at Abraham. He's left everything, and we're going to stop because the story gets too long. We'll go to Exodus chapter 3, and let's look at Moses. But this is just Moses, and this is just Abraham that you're talking about. I mean, these are great men in the Bible. The same God that called them is the same God that calls you. Exodus 3, 1 through 6 says this, Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro and his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Herob, uh, uh, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said, also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Listen to that. That's who God is. Then Moses hid his face from, for he was afraid to look at God. And then God goes on to tell him, listen, I've seen the afflictions of my people. My cry has came to these, their, my ear, their cry has came to my ears. And listen, Moses, I'm going to call you to call them out from bondage. And this is what was spoken to Moses. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Isn't it just like God to speak to us that where we see Him, we hear Him, He gives us clear direction of what we are to be doing. And then we're going to look at another case, and just hang on with me, Matthew chapter 14, and we all know this story well, but it still ceases, it does not cease to amaze me. Okay, this is when God shows up walking on the water. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and, and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. And I won't get into this, but how many, when's the last time that you went and spent a time alone with the Lord? If Jesus did it, I think we need to do it. Especially in the day we live in. And it goes on to say this, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And I probably would have jumped out of the boat personally, because that would be scary stuff. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, 
Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on water. Okay, remember we're talking about you see, you hear, and it's the Lord. Can I be so bold this morning as to tell you that Christ wants to make himself known to you and to some of you today for the first time? He wants to call you into a trusting and and serving Him with all that you have. Some of you today have already come to the place where you have seen Him and heard His call. Listen to this. I think this is important for us to say, but and it's kind of joking, but it's not. Some are just starting out on this journey. And you have so so much vitality and strength to go with it. And I want to tell you today, if that is you, go. With all your might, with all your vigor, run the race. God has called you, He's spoken to you. Now go and do it. But here, the the thing is, while those more mature in the faith are sitting back watching you, and they're saying, you just wait until life hits you hard. Have you ever heard that? When we were getting ready to start out in missions, a guy, and I loved him, he knew the word well, and he asked me, he said, what are you going to do if you don't make it? And I said, I guess I'm going to fail not making it. What else can I say? Sometimes I don't have, I try to say something, but I have nothing to say at some things that I hear. I've even said it to those who walked brand new on the mission field or brand new in the faith and just wait. Just in my heart I'm saying, just wait. Life's going to teach you some lessons. But listen, when you hear people say that, I want you to know they are so wrong, yet they are so right. They're wrong because they might be jealous. At the vigor you have. And they're right because they know that this life is not easy to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It is not easy. Especially those who choose to get out of the boat. But I will say this to you that are getting ready to walk out on the journey. is but the words that the Lord has spoken to you and He's spoken to me at the beginning of my journey are the very words that sustain me today. So do not despise small beginnings. I remember that being prophesied over me and Alyssa. Do not despise your small beginnings. And I don't. But listen to this. I'm going to go on. Some have been on this journey for some time now and have a lot of stories to tell. 
You know, like the ones where they walk to school for miles and miles with no shoes. We've heard these stories, haven't we? But to me, I don't know about you, but I think God is just gifted within my heart to love hearing your stories. And so if I could sit down with any of you or all of you, and you entertain me with your stories, I will love them and be encouraged by them. And if you want some real good stories, go to William. He's got some good stories. Then some have seen and heard and have even tasted that the Lord is good, but have decided the road is too tough to continue on. So they now occupy a pew and stop moving forward. Let me say that again. Some of you have seen, some of you have heard, and realized that how tough this road is, and you've decided, I'm calling it quits. I'm going to sit in the pew. I'm not going to stick my neck out on the line again because I know it hurts. So point number two. We see, we hear, we know what the Lord has spoken to us. Second is, we get in the mud and the mire and we say, Where are you now, Lord? How is it that we can hear His voice and then all of a sudden we find ourselves in this battle and, and that we never knew that existed? Listen, if you stay in the boat, there are no wind, there is no wave, there is no trials, there is no suffering. There's none of it. And I'll tell you why. Because you are not a threat to the enemy. You're not a threat. And so we ask the question, and maybe you're with me this morning saying, where are you now, Lord? You've called me to this. And what, now you're abandoning me? So we're going to work our way backwards and we're going to look at Peter first in in chapter 14 of Matthew, verse 29, right? Well, the Lord said, come, and Peter got out of the boat and he walked toward Jesus. But in verse 30, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Let's go back to the Exodus story of Moses being called to lead a whole people group out of Egypt. Exodus 14, 10 through 12, verses 10 through 12, we see this. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they became very frightened, so the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there was no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So let me ask you this morning. I'm not yelling at you, I'm yelling with you. 
Have you ever spoken these words? It's enough, Lord. Stop. Are you not the one that has called me out of bondage into your marvelous kingdom and your light? I thought this was going to be peace and prosperous. Isn't that what they promised us in the 80s and the 90s? And then we begin to murmur, we begin to complain, and I think we've all been here at one point or another. And then in Exodus 33, Moses has a conversation with God, verses 12 through 16. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. There is always excuses. And trust me, I come up with them daily. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have, always, you, you have also found favor in my sight. This is what you have said, Lord. I am yours. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And I believe right here that Moses is coming to a place where he realizes, listen, this is not my job, this is your job. You've called me to lead, but this is ultimate you. You see, some of you need to know today that this is ultimately lays on the Lord's shoulders. That's where it lies. You've been called for a purpose to glorify His name, but in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the muck and the mire, we have to come to these places that we realize that it's all about him. Moses goes on, or God, and he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence doesn't, does not go with us, do not lead us up from here, for how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? It is not by your going with us, is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? He's asking a question. So you've been called. Now what? You realize it's really rough. And you realize that this calling is not easy. Actually, at times, it can be very frightful. Let's go to Abraham and Sarah real quick. And because we don't have the time, I won't go through the whole story, but remember God said to Abraham, you are going to be blessed. And look at the stars and the sea. Can you count the, the sand of the seashore? Can you count it? And he's like, no, I can't count it. So will be your offspring from your seed. And can you imagine it? God has called Abraham, called Sarah out to be a father of the nation of Israel and eventually 
of the nations through Christ. But how could it be when I'm old? What did Abraham and Sarah do? They went and had a really terrible idea. Said, here is my servant Hagar. Why don't you take her? And they made a mess. Didn't they? Because it wasn't the child of the promise. And we learn this later on in the New Testament. The child of the promise was Isaac. But listen to this. I just want you to know this is why we pray for the Muslim world. is because I believe that God has an inheritance for the Muslim world. And that inheritance is through Christ. And there's a blessing for Ishmael. We need to pray that the fulfillment would come. So you may, you've, you've got out of the boat, and you realize that this is really messy, and there are days that you don't want to get up out of bed. And you might say, Lord, is that really you? And here's where I want to encourage you this morning is not to give up and not to give in. Get back in the game. It's not worth sitting on the side. Well, how do we do that? We're going to get to our main text. So here's where the sermon starts. Isaiah 40, verse 27. And I just want to encourage you this morning with what the Lord has encouraged me. And then next week, we're going to get back to suing one another and what it is to have sex outside of a covenant marriage. Fun stuff. So Isaiah is encouraging the nation of Israel, and this is really, you never just take Scripture out of context. You have to read all of 40, and you will understand uh, verses 27 through 31 better, but we don't have time. But it says, Why do you say, O Jacob... And assert, O Lord, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. They have come to a place, and maybe you have come to a place this morning, that you're like, Lord, do you not see what you have done to me? As if he's surprised. And Israel's saying here, is, look, my way is hidden from you. This isn't a, a bad thing, but they're saying, where are you, Lord? And in verse 28, he goes on to encourage them, because this is, we don't read into this too much, but do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. You may not know this, but this is a definitive, definitive statement about who God is. It is about who He is, because why does it say that? Because the gods of this world... It was known to become weary and tired. Did you know that? 
And the gods of this world, which they believed in the myths that are out there, is that they have man doing their bidding because it's too hard for them. Which is what we would say, Sachman, Turkish, which is nonsense. So he's reminding them that God is not weary or he's not tired, but his ways are inscrutable. So listen, you and I do not totally understand what is going on right now. And that is why this side of the fence I can look back on my past and see how glorious and marvelous it truly was. But in the midst of the battle, I have no clue. But I do know this, my muscles are getting bigger. You may not realize it, but your strength is becoming real. Because it goes on to say this in verse 29, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, He increases power. That is why I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Because some of you know this today. And I know this to be well, that I'm weak and poor without Him. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. Are you ashamed to admit how poor and weak you truly are? You see, it's in the point number two that we find out that we truly are weak and we truly are poor. And why? Because He wants us to know that He is our all in all. And it's not just some sick way of Him doing it, it's the truth. But, but, but. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. It's interesting, when I first got here, I thought I was becoming a man, and then I get here and I'm considered a child. And then I had to grow some gray hair just to prove that I wasn't as young as you thought I was. We grow weary and tired, don't we? And we stumble badly, don't we? But here it is. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. What does this word wait mean? It means hope. It doesn't mean just sitting by the wayside. This is a verb. It means I put all my trust, all my confidence in someone other than myself. 
And when I do that, I will gain new strength. So some of you that are tired today, some of you that have grown weary and that are stumbling, I want you to know today that this word gain is to reestablish on a new, usually improved, And maybe that's why Paul says, I go from glory to glory. From strength to strength. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord. Those are the ones who will gain new strength. So if you're tired today, let's bring out the big T. Not Mr. T, T, trust. Those who wait for, their Lord, wait for the Lord, put their trust in the Lord, they'll gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. See, you don't understand this, but I'm going to, uh, well, you probably do understand it, maybe a little better than I do, but to mount up with wings of eagles like sprouting wings, that you fly above the fray and above the storm, although the storm is real. And the wings can be associated with the meaning of freedom and strength. Would you like to go through your next trial, even though it's going to be hard, with freedom and strength? You can. If you put your trust in Him. You see, Deuteronomy says this, in 32, verse 11 through 12, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, he spreads his wings and caught them. He carried them with on his pinions or feathers. The Lord alone guided him, and there was no foreign God with him. <laughs> you see, God wants to strip every false Belief, every false god from us. So what he does, and it's what it's saying here, is he gets, he's like an eagle that stirs up the nest. And here's what happens. You all know this. I've shared this before. But in a nest, there's eagles, eaglets, whatever you call them, little birds, whatever. That mother starts to sway that. It makes this nest very uncomfortable. And then when it makes the nest uncomfortable, the birds usually get out of the nest. They fly. And what happens to the birds? Where do the birds go? Down. What happens? Then the mother eagle swoops in and begins to lift them up. And begins to teach them to fly. So we don't realize this, that trials and, 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 and defeats are teaching us to fly. And so they will run and not get tired. And some of you guys, as you're running, days are over. And it's okay. But there's still work for you to do. They will walk and not become weary. So I want to ask us this morning, where are we? And where are you at in your walk? You see, if you're like me, 
There are days that I wake up and I dare not trust the sweetest of frames, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Well, there are times, I've said this before, that I roll out of bed in, with a lot of aches and pains. Then I get my cup of coffee and I start moving again. There's still pain throughout the day, but I know this, that I can trust the Lord. And this is what I want to leave you guys with. Is that there is always bigger and better trust within our lives. That was really educated, wasn't it? I thought about that for a long time. I know this to be true. I have not come to the place where my trust is where it needs to be. If you have, well, I don't know. The point is that you haven't. And I don't mean to hurt you. Well, yeah, I do mean to hurt you. Because if you've come to that place where you have nothing to learn, where you have nothing to, to go on to, I think you've plateaued. And you need to put your face down on the floor and you cry out to God and say, I need your help. So as Jed comes this morning and, and Nancy comes this morning, I, this song is really fitting, so you've got to listen to the words. It, it don't just sing just in, in verbatim just to sing, but listen to the words. Here's what I want to call us to this morning. You can respond how you want to respond. That is not up to me. That's up to the Holy Spirit. But if you are desperate, I say you go with your desperation and you seek the Father with all your heart during this time. So if that means turn around at your pew, kneel at your pew, if you can fit in between the pew, kneel there. If that means you come forward and you hit the altar and you cry out to God, I don't care what it looks like, but we want to make all places available for you to cry out to Him and say, Lord, this is the hardest trial that I'm going through. I need to see who you are. Would you build my muscles today? Will you make me what you want to make me today? There's still some trust. I admit to you, Father, there's still trust issues. And I want to trust you more. So if you'd stand with me today, you respond how you want to respond. The altars are open. The pews are open. There's a whole pew right here that you could kneel down at. If you want to do it with me this week, that I want to call you to a place of just seeking Him and saying, Lord, help me trust you more. Even in the lowest, lowest valleys, I will trust you. I'll put my eyes on you. So Lord, we cry out to you today. And Lord, we trust that this word was from you and it hits the mark that you wanted to hit today. And God, we leave it at your feet and we say, Lord, we know that we have to grow. We know that we have a lot of growing to do. And Lord, we've seen you. Some of us have seen you. Some of us have heard your call. Yet, Lord, we didn't realize that you'd called us to the mud and the mire to build our faith. And we trust you, Lord. So would you help us? 
to decide today that we will put our trust in you alone. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to do your work in our midst today. In Jesus' name.